Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. So glad you're here with us. And maybe you're joining for the first time today or you're new. We've been in a series called The Summertime Stories. And we've been sharing about stories in the Bible. And today's story is special to me because today's story is used in my own life. As I begin to dig deep this week, God showed me in my own life the places where I feel most disqualified that God wants to use me. The moments when I feel like I'm not enough, God wants to use me. And so I thought about this week. I thought about this. I thought about God is asking me every day to bring what I have. Come on, why don't you high five your neighbor and turn to him and say, bring what you have. That was pretty good. Well, this week, my family got the opportunity to go on a little vacation. Any of you like vacation? A little break? We got to go to Hot Springs, Arkansas. It was amazing. And one day in particular, we went to Magic Springs. It's a little theme park there. And we have four kids. So they loved every second of it. And our six-year-old Briggs, he's right at that height where he's not quite tall enough to ride some of the really great rides, but he's a daredevil. So every ride we walked up to this week, there was that hopefulness, that hesitation. Am I gonna be tall enough to ride this ride? That's been my whole life. Am I gonna be tall enough? No. And I thought about the moment when I was that age. Do you remember that? When you would go to a theme park and you would walk up and see that sign and wonder, can I ride? And some of you were those tippy-toe people. Yeah, you cheated, I know. You tippy-toe, anybody tippy-toe people in here? Anybody like getting as low as you can because you don't want to admit you don't want to ride, but if you are, yeah. But here's the thing, he was wanting to know, am I tall enough? Am I enough to ride this? And I thought about our eight-year-old son, his older brother, River. And River's in this unique phase right now where he's trying to figure out where he stands. He's trying to figure out what his niche is. What is he good at? You know, what, what are the things? And my husband and I, Andy, we have loved seeing him discover this. And so the other night we were driving home from my daughter's softball practice and we had to get dinner. It was late. So we decided to go for some nutrition. You know, Pastor Chris was talking about his kids eating whatever. We decided to go to Sonic. So we pull into Sonic and right as we're pulling in, we see right there at the bus stop, a man that we've seen often in our area where we live. His name is Mr. Forrest. And he sits there all day at the bus stop with all of his stuff and he just watches the cars pass. And River has this huge heart. And he sees him and he says, Mom, can we buy Mr. Forrest dinner? Can we get him a hamburger? Now, as a mama, you can't say no to that. When your kid says that, you cannot say no. But I did tell him there's one stipulation. If we buy dinner, you have to bring it to him. And so he shakes his head. We pull in the parking lot right behind Mr. Forrest at the bus stop and here I am in the minivan. I got four kids. I said I would never, but I have a minivan. It's awesome. 
You know why it's awesome? Because it's got those buttons on the side that you can hit open and close. It's like my own version of the Lamborghini. I just button open. It's awesome. I feel so much power and I'm walking with that key open. Mine right now is like, but it's great. We're going to get there. A little WD-40. But I look at him and I say, River, you got this. You can do this. And I hit open on the door and he's holding that little bag with the hamburger inside. And as soon as that door opens, I see fear come all over his face. You see, he saw a need, but now this is uncomfortable. This isn't easy. This means I have to get out of my comfort zone and go do something I've never done before. And he says quickly, no, 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 no. So that door hits close again. It's really cool. Close. Door closes. And I look at him and say, River, you got this. The Holy Spirit put this on your heart. There's a reason he asked you to do this. You got this, buddy. And I see him nodding. His brother Briggs is pumping him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going. And, and he's, he's there and he's holding that hamburger and he nods. And I hit open again. As soon as I hit open, no, 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 I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Close again. Now, I'd love to tell you that this was a wonderful spiritual moment and that the angels were singing and saying, Marla, you've taught your kids how to serve today. What a beautiful thing. But it wasn't. I have to admit, the mama voice came out. That door shut and I said, boy, if you don't get out of this van. (sighs) And then I realized how mean I sounded. So it was like, because the Holy Spirit wants to use you. (sighs) All right, open. And so he steps out of the van and he brings this hamburger to Mr. Forrest. And I watch as he walks by and this joy on his face that he, was got, he got to be a part of something bigger than him. And we pull out of the parking lot and we pull right behind um, this RV at a stoplight. And I love God's sense of humor. And I'm not saying this is for sure, God, but I thought this was so funny. We look up and the name of the RV is Forrester. And underneath it, it says, by Forest River. And I said, River, look at that. Look, God sent that RV. If he can send a donkey to talk to a man to tell him a different direction, he can send an RV to remind you that you are enough. And this morning, I've come to tell somebody today who thinks they don't have what it takes that you are enough. That God has placed gifts inside of you and you're spending your time wondering. Others are more talented. Others have more to offer this world. But God has put something inside of you. And he wants to use you. And you might be like River, opening and closing. Opening and closing. I feel it. Sunday, I feel like God can use me. Monday, I feel like he can't. Close that door. But it's time to step out of the van. It's time to go. It's time to bring what you have. And there's a story in the Bible that every time I read it, it compels me to remember that I might feel disqualified. I might feel like I'm not enough, but God wants to use me. I can spend my time trying to figure out if I have what it takes. I can list the things that that I'm not good at and focus on my lack, or I can bring what I have. And today's summertime story, if you have your Bibles, is in Mark chapter 6, verse 34 through 44. 
I'm gonna read it to you. If you have your Bibles, read along, but you'll also see it on the screens. It says, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Jesus looks out and he sees this group of people and they've been following him and he sees the need. He's not too busy. He might be tired, but he has compassion. He sees the lost. It says, late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to nearby farms and villages to buy something to eat. But Jesus said, you feed them. I don't know which way he said it, but I kind of get it's like, you do it. You got it. It's like me, open that door, get out of the van. You got this. Look at their response. With what? They asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have? He asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so that they could distribute to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed that day. Now, scholars believe this wasn't just 5,000 people. That with men, women, and children counted, they believe this was around 15,000. And here in this summertime story, Jesus shows that he has compassion for people. He shows that he's not just about doing his to-do list, but that he sees people and that is the main reason he came. And he begins teaching them and healing them. Now, earlier in this chapter, we read that Jesus had sent out the disciples in two by two. And Mark, it talks about that. It sent them out in two by two. And here are these disciples. And the Bible says that they were healing the sick they were casting out demons. They were following the Messiah, the promised one, and they were given the authority. And now here they are back with a big crowd of people and Jesus is saying, feed them. And here they are probably thinking, I'd love to put myself in their shoes because they're thinking, I've been healing the sick and casting out demons and now you want me to feed these people? That, that's asking a lot. And you know, I think about the, the lesson Jesus was trying to show them that we, the goal is to meet people's spiritual needs. But in order to do that, sometimes you gotta meet the physical needs of the people. There's nothing like, you can't ignore that part. Here they are, and he's saying, you feed them. You know, often this, short, this story is shared to talk about how God can take what we have and multiply it and, and look what he does for us, he'll provide for us. But today I wanna focus on the disciples and I wanna focus on how they learned that day to bring what they have. Now, if I were in the disciples' shoes and I was sitting there that day and Jesus said, you feed them, my first question would be, how? How? 
How am I supposed to feed all these people? I'd be starting to think of strategies. I'd be problem solving for Jesus. Okay, let's meet, let's huddle. It's gonna take us a couple days, but we'll figure out how to feed them. We'd have to think about it. And I think about serve day on July 30th and the opportunities we'll have to serve. But then I think, how big is this area? How are we gonna make an impact? And that question keeps coming up. How? Maybe in your own home, you start asking that question when it comes to talking to your teenage son. And you wanna reach him and share the love of Jesus, but he seems lost and you keep asking yourself, how? Or maybe you have a coworker and they are driving you crazy. You can't take another minute of hanging out in the same cubicle with that coworker, but you know they need Jesus too. You know it, it's in you, but you start to ask, how? How am I gonna get through another day like this? Maybe you say, hey, I feel disrespected in my own home. I don't feel like I feel the love and support of the people who are closest to me. And you start to ask how. And in this summertime story, Jesus tells us there are two other questions you really should be asking. And the first one is who. So if you're taking notes today, the first question is who. And the answer is you. You feed them. When we see a problem when we see something that's bigger than us, let's not ask how, let's ask who. And then we can answer it. In verse 16, Jesus says, you feed them. In eighth grade, I was sitting in class and this modeling agency came to the school. I have no idea why our school let this happen, but they did. This modeling agency came to the school to recruit students. And that day I was feeling really good about myself because I was in head to toe Tommy Hilfiger. Now, if you know, you know. Now my family's not the name brand type. I really didn't get all the, the stuff like that, but this was my one outfit that I really felt like was great. It even came with the socks with that little red and white, you know, a little blue. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, those of you who know, you know. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, this is a great day to be wearing this outfit. They're gonna see me. And, and I'm not gonna lie, this is the truth, y'all. I started sticking books underneath my um, seat so I could appear taller. <laughs> and he starts talking and sharing. And that night we got home and I hear the voicemail pick up in our house and I hear the voice of this modeling agency. And this is what they say. Um, Hello, I'm trying to reach the parents of Marla. We saw her today and we see such potential in her. And so we'd love to interview you and get her out here to see. Y'all, I was feeling really good about myself. I was thinking that me, me, five foot three, me, who's nothing special, how they picked me. And so I get to school and I can't wait to tell all my friends and I run up to them I'm like, y'all, modeling agency called me. And they said, Marla, they called everyone. The whole school got called. <sighs> you know, I thought I was special. I thought I was something different. But what I love about God is he picks the ones who we would not pick first. He picks the ones who might say, hey, I like it. If you think about Moses, you think about how he was called. He spent the first few minutes of God calling him saying, I'm not enough. Send someone else. You see, we love to read about Moses in the Red Sea parting, but the beginning of this calling was him saying, I am not enough. 
I can't do this. I think about the woman at the well, the one he chose, the woman with a past so long. He even called her out and said, you got a lot of husbands. He read out her past, yet he said, this is the one. You're the one that I want to take the news, the good news out to this city to say the Messiah is here. You know, I think about he uses the ones who feel like they are not enough. He uses the ones that feel like they're lacking. And I think about this miracle. I think about Jesus could have done this himself. He could have snapped his fingers and there'd be bread and fish for everyone. Could have done it all by himself, but on this occasion, he chose to use the disciples. I want you to get this picture because I think we think about this miracle sometimes in this sense of this was this great miracle and it happened fast. But you think about 15,000 people and only using 12 disciples. Now we know that there were 12 baskets and the only reason I know that is because somehow there were 12 baskets left over after the start of just five loaves and two fish. So we know that disciples had baskets and I just get this picture of here they are with Jesus and he's loading them up with what they need and each disciple is walking down to their group of people and saying, okay, here's your bread and fish. And that's taking some time. And then they're walking back and they're going back to Jesus and they're filling back up their basket and they're going, and this is climbing up a hill probably. This is walking back down. This is going back and forth. And when I get this picture, I can't help but think, here they are. If they would have stopped going back to Jesus, they wouldn't have had anything else to bring. He is the source. When he was saying, you feed them, he wasn't saying, you come up with it, you make the plan, you do everything. He was saying, you gotta keep coming back to me so much and fill up with me so that you can bring it to people. And church, that's what we have to do. It has to be about us going to Jesus. He has to be our source. That's our how. We are the answer, but it's all Jesus. It's all Jesus working in us. We're the waiters, church. We're the waiters. We bring Jesus to this world. After he answers the question of who, there's the next question. The, the disciples quickly say, with what? <laughs> okay, I know you want me to feed them. You're called. You're called not to be comfortable. You're called to go into all the world. But with what? What do you want me to bring? Jesus asked them to bring what they have and they start looking around. What do we have? What do we have? Now, if lunch was dependent on what we had in this room right now, what would we be eating today? I know some of you got goldfish and puffs. Anybody got puffs in the house? Okay, look, I know I have snacks over here in my purse. I always bring snacks everywhere I go. And I know those of you watching in Ascension and Denim, you got Don's seafood leftovers in the car, something, some fish in an ice chest, something's happening. Online, you got something in your pantry you're bringing to our lunch today. But if it was dependent on what we had in here to feed this many people, we would need Jesus, amen? amen. And they start looking around and they're trying to figure out what do we have and they find this one little boy. And I want you to get this picture because here he is. 
I think he's probably just wandering around and following Jesus, following the crowd. He's got five loaves of bread and two fish. Now that's a lot of food for one little boy. Has anybody ever thought about that? Five loaves of bread and two fish. So this is what I start wondering. Where is this boy's mama? And did the mama send him to the grocery store to get food? And that's the groceries for the week for the family. And he's just walking around and some disciples like, hey, give me that food, boy. He just lost his family's groceries for the week. It makes me start wondering what happened. But here are these five loaves and two fish. And you know, because there's always this person, there was that one disciple that was like, you really gonna take that to Jesus and say that can feed 15,000 people? You're really gonna show up with five loaves and two fish and say, this is what we have. This is what we're gonna bring. Ephesians 3.20 is one of our scriptures that is, is the culture is the heart of this church. And it says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. The power that works in us. You see, he could do it by himself, but he wants to use us. His power working in us to do more than we can ask or think. It might not feel like you have a lot to bring, but he can multiply it. He can use what you have, whether that's a smile, whether that's a, a gift and an ability to paint, whether that's business skills and way to help people in the future. You can bring what you have. And there's a, a unique side story, a unique thing in this story, but I feel like someone needs to hear this today. In this chapter earlier in verse 31, it talks about the state that Jesus and the disciples were in. And it says this, there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. They're starving. I don't know if you've ever been fasting and then been asked to bring somebody food. When I'm fasting, I don't wanna look at food. I don't wanna smell food. I don't wanna do anything with food, right? And here, are the disciples in Jesus and they're hungry. That's what the scripture says. And Jesus says, you feed them. You see, sometimes God will ask us to do things in our pain and in our lack to serve those in the same situation. Why? Because you know. You know what it feels like. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. And when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. He'll ask you to serve with what you have. And sometimes church, that's pain. Don't wait. Don't wait to serve until you have enough joy. Now I can start serving. Don't wait to serve till you get enough to feed 15,000 people because I got news for you. It's hard. That's hard. But we can all bring what we have. We can feed them. We're the answer to the question of who. It's us, church. Who's gonna reach this area? It's us, church. This is who he's called. This is who he's called for such a time as this. It's us. And all we have to do is bring what we have. When we find ourselves asking how again, because if you're like me, I go right back to strategy. I need a little help. How am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to reach that family member? 
who I know is lost. What am I supposed to do? We find ourselves asking how. How do we impact our community? We remember to bring what we have, to bring water bottles, gum packs, to bring cupcakes to hospital workers, to show up with a smile and a prayer. That's how we bring what we have. And on July 30th, we're gonna do that as a church. We're gonna show up and we're gonna bring up what we have and share the love of Jesus. And you know what? On that day, we'll get to be part of a miracle. We'll get to be a part of something bigger. You know, and I think about the feeding of the 5,000. It was a miracle. Five loaves, two fish to feed 15,000 people. It truly was a miracle. But I also think the disciples probably really didn't know it was a miracle. They probably were just doing their part with their basket, walking up and seeing only what Jesus had for them and then walking back to the group of people that they were gonna bring it to. They, they just had this one role to play to their group of people. And then they would walk back to Jesus. And I can't help but think that they probably did not know that they were part of this miracle until the end. And the work you're doing right now might not seem like a miracle, but when you see and you zoom out and you see what God is doing through every situation and every story, you'll see a miracle. And today I wanna to close by telling you a story of two ladies. Two ladies who brought what they had. Two ladies who didn't wait to see, will I have enough, will I be enough? You have no idea what lack I am missing, but they brought what they had. Miss Bridget Mills is a wonderful lady who serves in this church and she is sunshine. She brought what she had. She leads our, our cancer ministry team and she's wonderful. And often you'll find her with a team of people and they will be serving at the hospitals and just walking in and bringing snacks to people who are undergoing treatment. She walks in, brings a snack, a smile and a conversation. And she was telling me this week that on Sunday, a couple of, of or a while back Sundays, she walked into the church through these doors right here. And as she was walking in, a greeter stops her. Jennifer, who is on our go teams, she serves every Sunday as a greeter. And she stopped Miss Bridget and she said, I know you. You brought me a snack at Mary B. Perkins. I was undergoing cancer treatment and seven years ago, you brought me a snack. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here, that's why I'm serving. That's why I'm here. Jennifer sent me an email and I love this because she started telling me, yeah, you can clap your hands, it's so cool. <laughs> she said this, as I was getting my chemo treatments one day, these ladies in bright red shirts pushing a cart came along with joy and grace. I couldn't resist to smile. In the middle of my chaos, they chose to take the time and boldly come to me with confidence that their God was powerful and present. One of the ladies handed me a snack and the other held my hand like I was her sister and said a prayer. Jennifer went on to tell me, hey, I'm, I'm good now, I'm healthy. I'm healthy, God has healed me. And I will be wearing a red serve shirt serving at Mary B. Perkins this month. God is good, church. All because Miss Bridget Mills brought what she had. 
a snack, a smile, a prayer. All because one life has changed because Miss Bridget Mills brought what she had. There's another person who also brought what she had, Miss Maureen LaCour. I love Miss Maureen. Miss Maureen served faithfully as a volunteer here for years. And on Easter Sunday in 2011, Miss Maureen saw a prayer request that came through on our Connect cards. And her job was to call people on that day and pray for them. And on Easter Sunday, when she could have been with her family, she made a phone call. She made a phone call to pray for someone. It was a woman who just found out that her mom was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And she was visiting HPC for the first time. And as she spoke to Miss Maureen, who was someone who not only offered to pray with her, but said, hey, we'll be here for you. Whatever you need, if we can show up, whatever you need, we will be there. The lady that Miss Maureen called that day was Bridget Mills. Miss Bridget, the one who leads cancer ministry now and walked in the door in 2011 for the first time to HPC and realized God sees me through the love of someone calling me on Easter Sunday to say, I'm here for you. What can I do for you? Miss Maureen brought what she had. Church, it's a chain effect. When we do our part and we go to Jesus as our source and we say, who, it's me. It's me, that's my job. I'm supposed to feed them. You've called me in my lack, where I feel like I failed, where I feel like I have nothing left to give. There's a lost world out there and he's called us church. He's called us to feed them. And I don't have to figure it all out. All I have to do is keep going back to Jesus and bring him what I have. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.